Hey y'all, what if you really could change your life? If there was a way to be healthy and intentional in every area of your life? Good news, there is. And we show you how each week on All of You Whole. Hosted by me, Caroline Fossil, entrepreneur, wellness expert, author, and speaker. Every episode is an in-depth look at how to help you get unstuck, be brave in your life choices, and have a meaningful life all either from my own experiences or from the experts I interview. My goal is to help you build a healthy, connected, and intentional life that fulfills your greatest purpose. Today on the show, we have the opportunity to chat with Steph Griunke, who is a registered dietitian, and she's dedicated to helping moms learn how to eat well, replete nutrient stores, and love their body. Like, sign me up. So one of the things that I feel like I had no idea about when I got married and subsequently pregnant with sweet baby Ella is nutrient stores in my body and the importance of that because of how much moms have to give to their babies during pregnancy and even beyond during that postpartum period. So today on the show, we're going to talk about something you may not be familiar with, but maybe you're even currently experiencing, which is postnatal depletion. We're going to talk about what it is. We're going to talk about how you can cure it. And additionally, something I think is so important, we're also going to talk about how you can really up your nutrient stores before you get pregnant and some of the things that you can do to prepare your body for pregnancy so that postnatal depletion never happens to you. This is such an important conversation, and this is one of those shows that I wish I had listened to when I was 21 before getting pregnant with babies, but the more you know, the more you can do, and so I hope this show is so helpful for you. So let's dive in. Welcome to the show, Stephanie. We're so, so excited to chat with you today. Oh, thank you for having me. It's so great to reconnect with you and to share whatever I can with your audience. Yeah, totally. So first, for those of the listeners who don't already follow you and love you, can you just tell us just a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah. So I am a registered dietitian. I work mainly in the world of women's health. Pregnancy and postpartum are my two specialties because I feel like that just doesn't get enough attention and women are craving more nutrition information and they're not Mm. getting it from their primary care providers. And there is a lot you can do to support your health and to not feel depleted and to be able to enjoy that season of your life without all the discomfort. So that's what I do. And I have a podcast as well called the Dr. Mom Podcast that I co-host with a pediatric naturopathic doctor named Dr. Ilana Romel. And it's fun because we can share the pregnancy postpartum side and then she can take on the kids nutrition and supplements and health and all of that. Yeah. And I have a program called Postpartum Reset where I help women walk through how to nourish themselves after baby. Yeah. Looking at their labs, looking at supplements, looking at realistic nutrition steps that they can implement into their busy diet yes. and busy lifestyle because we need that. We need yeah. simple. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. So I'm excited to dive into postpartum. And I feel like the moment that you become pregnant, 
everything is about your nutrition and your supplementation because of this baby that you are just creating inside of you, right? Like everything mm -hmm. feels so much more important when there's this other life involved. Yeah. But we often talk about the prenatal nutrition or during the time that you're pregnant, but then we kind of forget about mom's health after the baby is born. Like I personally know, mm -hmm. I didn't hear any of that when I was young and pregnant. You talk a lot about postnatal depletion. So can you tell us a little bit about what is that and what are the symptoms there? Yeah, I think people know what it is when they're going through it, right? Yeah. Because if you're just feeling depleted, and when I say depleted, what I'm talking about is mental depletion, physical depletion, emotional depletion, and this can show up in a wide variety of ways. So the mental depletion is maybe you're experiencing more brain fog or lack of mental clarity, or you're forgetting things. Maybe you're feeling emotionally isolated, or you're having more fears, intrusive thoughts are popping mm, up or yeah. questions about your ability to be a mother because you just don't have the energy or the drive or the desire to keep up. Mm. Maybe it's physical depletion where you have nutrient deficiencies that are impacting hair growth and hair loss, your yeah. skin, your mood, your resiliency to really thrive in that role of being a mom. Mm. So we think about postnatal depletion on a spectrum. We're going to have some depletion because we give so much to our baby, but right. it's how much and how long is it affecting you and both the quantity and the quality of it. So it's different than what people may have heard about with postpartum depression and anxiety. Mm -hmm. It can coincide with that, but it could just be that you're feeling depleted as a mom and it's not to the extent of anxiety or depression. We just need to nourish you mentally, physically, and emotionally so you can feel your best. Mm, yeah, that makes so much sense. So I've had two kids myself and it's still insane to me just how much it takes out of your body to create a human being. And as it was happening for me, I didn't even have all of the nutrition knowledge I have now. And I didn't know a lot. I didn't even know how much it was taking out of me. And so yeah. if you're not properly nourished, if this depletion is on the more intense side of the spectrum, how long can that affect a new mom? Yeah, it can go on for a really long time. So if you think about it, women are maybe entering pregnancy where they're depleted. They were on the birth oh, control yeah. pill, which we mm -hmm. know depletes yeah. a wide variety of nutrients like magnesium and zinc and B vitamins and vitamin C that all support energy and mood. And maybe they weren't eating very well. They were on a diet for a really mm -hmm. long time. They were restricting certain foods. They may have not prioritize their eating habits before conceiving. And so they're entering that stage already depleted. Then they go through pregnancy and are shunting so much of their nutrition to mm. support baby because that's where the priority is, is what baby needs, not what mom needs. So we'll yeah. pull from her stores. So they have that pregnancy depletion and then postpartum, mm. it depends on what you're doing, right? Mm -hmm. Are you actually continuing on your prenatal, which I recommend all women do right. for as long as you're nursing or at least a bare minimum of six months postpartum if you're mm. not nursing. Are you able to get in the nutrition? You mentioned that you were aware of nutrition, but that there's the awareness and then actually being able For to do sure. it. Oh my gosh. Yes. Season. Yeah. So it's a hard question to answer because it depends on where you're starting from. 
Did you go into that pregnancy already depleted or were you working on that proactively with a prenatal vitamin and other supplements like omegas and vitamin D nourishing your body with whole foods and then doing most of that, maybe outside of the first trimester during your pregnancy. If that's the case, you may be able to resolve that depletion within like six months or so, Mm. depending on like what you're able to do. But for some moms, if you think about it, if they're not proactively working on this and maybe they stop taking their supplements and maybe they're resorting to more carbohydrate or processed foods or foods rich in sugar because they're in survival mode. Yes. We can see this last. And in fact, in Australia, the peak rate that they see of postpartum depression and anxiety is around like four years postpartum. And that just speaks to the fact that like it's cumulative, right? It kind of adds up if you're not filling your cup back up. Oh my gosh, four years. Yeah. That's so crazy. So I think it can be tempting to think about this just from diet and supplementation, but are there any other things that can really factor into getting postnatal depletion? Yeah. I like to think about it as a holistic model because even if you're eating this perfect diet or perfectly supplementing, there are other inputs that can impact how you are feeling and how you are responding to the demands of motherhood. So one of them is what is your sleep quality? Because we know this can make or break how you're feeling and how you're yeah, actually totally. able to fuel yourself. And so I like moms too, and this can throw people off because they're like, that would be nice, but getting at least a five hour stretch, like every every other night. Like maybe it's not realistic to get that every night if you've got a newborn, but being able to tag team with your partner or pull in other support, your family, or pay for a couple nights of a doula that can help you with that sleep so that you can get that five hour stretch because you will feel like a brand new person once you get that. So sleep is really, really important. It impacts not only how you're feeling throughout the day, but physiologically how your body is doing. So it's going to impact your thyroid. It's going to impact your metabolism, your blood sugar regulation, and a host of other things. So sleep is really important for new moms. And again, doing your best because it's really hard. Even little things that you can do like closed eye nursing, like while your baby is on you, instead of scrolling through your phone yeah, or totally. trying to get a bunch of things done, like resting your eyes and just mm. letting your body recuperate can be something you can try. Mm. The next thing would be your stress levels. So yeah. something that is somewhat in your control, but somewhat not figuring out how you can build that postpartum team, because the more people yes. that you have supporting you, where in other countries, like they it's just a village, they, they, yeah, it's a village and they have 40 days and they're not expected to yes. do anything major. We are like putting on our shoes and running outside with our toddler a week or two after yes. we give birth, yes, you know, totally. so, so finding those inputs to support with stress, but then also looking at what are you doing for you to feel mm-hmm. like you're still a human that is deserving of having fun and hobbies yeah. and a life. So it's true. so easy when we think about depletion. It's like, yeah, it's the nutrients and it's mm. the sleep and stress, but are you feeling joy in your life? Yeah. And are you able to define yourself in this role of a new mother? You're giving birth to your baby, but you're also giving birth to a new version of yourself. And we For don't sure. want to lose who you are. And so I see this happen when I'm talking to do moms about their hobbies of like, Oh, what, mm-hmm. what do you like to do for fun? And there's always a pause like, oh, but no, no. Like, what do I do? Yes. I play with my kids or 
I'm on Instagram or something where it's not totally fulfilling. And when we talk about postnatal depletion, there's this new and emerging term called matrescence. And yes, I love, I love this. Yes, I do too, because what it's really speaking to is that this is an evolution of who you are that we need to respect and we need to have appreciated just like the transition into adolescence. Mm. Your brain is remodeling. You are changing. It's messy. It takes years to really figure out your flow. And so to have that expectation that you're not going to have it figured out. I'm still figuring things out. Things are yeah. constantly changing. And totally. I have a six and an eight-year-old now. Yeah. So that like forgiveness and not forgetting yourself during this mix too can mm. help with depletion. No, that's so good. And yeah, we had this like really unique scenario with our first because she was born. Not only did I get pregnant at 22, I had her at 23. Yeah. She was in the NICU. So she was born in 30 sure. weeks. And so I had this plethora of breast milk because I had to pump on a schedule. And then, I mean, I remember the days where they were like, we're going to give her one cc of breast milk. And it was like this tiny little bitty bit. So I just had so much breast milk. And so my husband was so great about like, why don't the first time she wakes up, like I'll take her and I'll feed her. And I was like, this just needs to be normal, right? Like pumping was my least favorite thing in the whole world. And I wanted to burn my pump after she came home. But there's something so valuable about having those stores up so that your partner can support. And like, you're talking about this five hour period and let's say you're sleeping, you can figure it out where even when someone helps, you're both getting five hours. You know what I mean? Like you can, you can make it work. One goes to bed earlier and one stays in bed later, whatever. And so, yeah, I feel like, like without sleep, I just remember being like, wait, we have to get her to sleep through the night because I'm going to be a zombie. I sleep like a baby every single night. And I just remember feeling like that's non-negotiable. Like we've got to figure this out. Yes. Yeah. And lack of sleep is a risk factor for mood disorders, post depression. It's nothing to like joke about that you're asleep. Like when I hear these moms like joking about how little sleep they have and how much coffee they need, I'm like, okay, I get it. And like, we really need to work on this because it impacts everything, how you're feeling throughout the day. Yeah. And sometimes it seems so impractical to work on of like, I remember going to bed at like 730 because I knew my baby would get the longest stretch between like 730 and 11 PM. Right. Yeah. And so it's like, kind of having to take a step back and being like, okay, my world has to change. I can't stay up till 10 with my partner anymore because that's going to cut into that sleep that I need. And so figuring out what your hygiene needs to look like to support that. So for me, it was like, I can't be looking or scrolling on my phone because that's going to keep me awake, that blue light exposure. So I need to literally wind down with my baby and put myself on a bedtime schedule, just like I'm putting them on a bedtime schedule routine to make up for that. Yeah. And I mean, honestly, it's not like you're going out when you have a newborn. Do you know what I mean? You're not like getting ready. Like, no. So I totally agree. Like I, even when I was pregnant, I was so tired and I would like go to bed at seven and be like, well, this is my life now. <laughs> it's uh-huh. like, things are just going to have to change. So I'm curious about you. You just mentioned like Australia realizing like postpartum depression is hitting four years later. So yeah. a lot of people are having babies back to back, right? And mm-hmm. so can having multiple babies back to back increase the risk of postnatal depletion? And then also too, is there like an ideal amount of time that with your clients, you're like, I really want to see 
either like these kinds of labs or like I need it to be this much time between babies? Yeah. I mean, this is a really personal question because I have people that <laughs> yeah. are like, I want them close together. Like right. I have a brother or sibling that yes. we're close together. So it's always working within what the wishes are of the person right, and then sure. what the body will actually allow. Right. Yeah. But in an ideal world, you would want it about two years between or yeah. at least 18 months to mm-hmm. allow your body to recover, to kind of recoup some of that sleep depth, to find your rhythm and routine and get to know your little one before the next child. Yeah. Doesn't always happen. And it's okay if it doesn't happen. But what you want to think about if you are planning on before that 18 months is to get a micronutrient panel. So we want to check on your stores of things that we know pregnancy and postpartum, especially nursing depletes. So that would be your omega-3 fatty acids. That would be B12, zinc, selenium, iodine, vitamin D. These things are being shuttled from your body to baby during those phases. And those are common ones that can show up as depletion and Mm. the foods that you would get those in would be a lot of animal products. So this is something that I look at with, especially vegans or vegetarians, if they're looking at back to back is like, we really need to support you with nutrition, whether that's having a few animal proteins that you like, Mm. or making sure we're dialing in on the plant-based sources and supplementing appropriately. Yeah. So I would get a micronutrient panel just to double check how aggressive we need to be, but staying on your prenatal, I think would be a smart move for anybody Mm. that has had a baby and is thinking about conceiving within the next year or two. Yeah. Yeah. And then what we'd want to do is look at your thyroid because that's another one that can take a hit during pregnancy and postpartum. So thyroid issues are, I mean, on the rise, we're noticing more autoimmune related thyroid issues and understanding that the thyroid results in lab ranges that we're getting from conventional medicine aren't supportive of optimal health. I can't even tell you. I didn't, okay. And also too, Stephanie, the fact that this is not a panel a full thyroid panel that is run multiple times during pregnancy blows my mind. I didn't even have my first thyroid panel and I have a history of Hashimoto's until after my second child. And my TSH was 2.58 and my doctor literally told me, are you ready? It can get up to 10 without being an autoimmune disease or without being a problem. Like you're not hypothyroid until it's 10. And I was like, oh my gosh, I'm 2.5. I'm I'm great. I just had no idea. And so, yeah, especially the thyroid, I'm like, especially if you only have a conventional doctor, what I was told was just like, it would have saved me four years of healing Mm -hmm. had I really started honing in on my thyroid in 2016 when I asked about it. It just blows my mind. (laughs) It it really blows my mind too, that there's not more comprehensive care when it comes to pregnancy. I mean, the thyroid, looking at iron levels a little bit earlier, looking Mm -hmm. at your glucose levels and proactively managing that before you get to the point in your pregnancy where you're more insulin resistant. And then it's like, you need to be reactive versus right. Totally. Having any kind of panel after you have your baby, other than just a check down there to see if you're good for sex and physical activity. We need to be our own health advocates when mm-hmm. it comes to pregnancy and postpartum, unfortunately, unless you have the privilege to work with a functional medicine provider or a for doctor sure. that gets it. And if you think about 
the signs and symptoms of low thyroid, it often corresponds with what doctors think new moms just should experience. Or that's so true. You're like, like I'm tired. Oh, yeah. yeah. Hair falling out. Like, oh, that's common postpartum. Like I'm gaining weight. Like, oh yeah, it's because you're less active and like you're a new mom right. and you're eating your kids snacks. Like it's like all put on the individual, like, oh, that's yes. normal. And like, that's just part of being a mom versus being like, let me listen to you. Mm. And okay, let's check. And if it's not an issue, it's not an issue. But like, I try trust you and I believe you. And let's check. I feel like we do such a disservice to moms by just brushing off their concerns as normal, right? Oh, for sure. It very much may not be. Yeah. And even when I started, I remember I found, I love Dr. Will Cole has like yeah. an entire thyroid post and he also has like optimal levels yeah. for your thyroid, which I send to my friends all the time versus like, it could be up to 10, like, no, thank you. And so I remember being like, oh, well, that's crazy. Maybe I should get it tested again. And I went back to a new OB here in Colorado and she literally was like, I cannot run this test for you. And I was like, why can't you? And she's like, I can't prove to insurance why you need yeah. it. And I had to be like, I will pay cash. Like, I don't, I don't care. Just give me this test. And it's like, you have to advocate so hard and that feels crazy to me that you have to advocate so hard for like, I don't even know, just like basic survival and like functioning. Okay. So I want to know, you mentioned some key factors like micronutrients that you'd want to test for. Are those the things like, I want to kind of get into the nitty gritty of what is depleted. So what are the exact nutrients that people are typically missing that will really lead to this phase of postnatal depletion? Yeah. So you hit on the head, the omega-3 fatty acids are one of the most in-demand resources that mm. baby needs. Because if you think about the brain development yes. that's happening, the neurodevelopment, both in mom and baby actually during pregnancy, mm. it's very demanding. And how many moms are eating three servings of three to four ounces of fatty fish a week during pregnancy or even before or after? It just isn't happening. And so- Omega-3 fatty acids, if you can get them from fish, great. If you can get them from a supplement, I really like Needed's Omega-3. Pro-Omega makes a fish oil if you want to go the fish oil route. That is fantastic. So that's one of them. That's going to help with mood. That's going to help with reducing inflammation. That's going to help with repleting your stores. Mm -hmm. And what we know about mood and these PMADs, perinatal mood and anxiety disorders, and mm -hmm. really this period of depletion is that there's huge influence when we're looking at the inflammation. So yeah. they call it psychoneuroimmunology, looking at how the body is responding to the level of inflammation that's mm, there. Yeah. So omega-3 fatty acids are really important. Another one is iron. You kind of get checked during pregnancy, but the levels are crazy wide for that as well. So if you're anemic, like you really need support, but you might mm. be in the range that's okay and still benefit. So if you think about it, you have that period of time during pregnancy where your cycle stops, but then during labor and delivery, you might have a hemorrhage. You might sure. have a lot of extra bleeding. What people don't tell you until you're experiencing it is yes. that you actually bleed after your pregnancy yes. too. Oh my gosh. I had no idea all of this. Yeah. I was like, what yeah. is happening? They're sending you back. Well, like they're sending you home with like these huge grandma undie pad things. And you're like, why yeah. do I need this? Oh, that's why. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And maybe your provider is kind enough to offer an iron supplement as an mm. option. But what happens more often than 
than not is the iron that they recommend is in a form that is really constipating and hard on the gut. And so women are like, gosh, I was told maybe I needed to have iron. Now I'm taking it. I don't enjoy it. And so they stop and then they get into a a period of even more depletion or anemia. And so iron bisglycinate is the form that I Mm. recommend. It's very gentle. I recommend taking it every other day. And that can help with your stores. Now, not Mm. every woman needs this, but for many, they might during that period of time. Vitamin D is another Mm. nutrient, actually a hormone that many of us are depleted going into pregnancy. And again, baby is pulling from the stores, baby's pulling from your stores while you're nursing. And so you can find yourself in a place of depletion there. Going outside, getting sun is a great option. Totally. Can't be wearing sunscreen if you want to actually get that vitamin D metabolism in your body. So vitamin D supplements are very inexpensive. I recommend ones that are in the form of D3 with adding K2. Totally. So K2 is going to help with shuttling that calcium into your bones and help with vitamin D absorption. So that can be if you're like pill averse, you can get that in a dropper. It's really easy to take. And you mentioned like the labs, there are at home labs that you can get. So vitamin Mm. D is one of them where if your doctor is like, oh, you don't need it. Or if it's easier Mm. just to do a blood prick at home, you can do that. Omega-3, we just talked about. That's another one you can easily do at home. Iron is a little bit trickier to do at home. You kind of need to go get a blood draw for that. For sure. If somebody is really depleted in iron, they actually might need an IV of iron or a shot actually of iron to support their stores. And that can help them immensely. The other one that I see, and I don't know how many you want to get into, but zinc. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, sure. Zinc is another one where we're not getting a ton from our food. Animal proteins, seafood are some of the best sources. There is some in pumpkin seeds, but quite not nearly as much. Yeah, you have to eat a lot of pumpkin seeds. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Zinc is a really interesting one because in that postpartum period, there is this shift between zinc and copper. And you ideally want more zinc than copper. Otherwise, copper can just exacerbate a lot of the symptoms that you're feeling Mm. in excess. Zinc, I recommend having, you can get it in your prenatal supplement a lot of the times. So Needed is a company that I recommend for the multivitamin and prenatal vitamin that has a good amount of zinc to support that. But again, having those brothy soups with stew meat and any kind of red meat or fish that sounds good to you is just really nourishing on the body in so many ways, but one of them being zinc. Yeah. How many more do you want to go into? No, I feel like that's great. No, that's <laughs> okay. great. So I talk about the problem a lot, but let's head to the solution. Do you recommend, like if you work with someone who's going to get pregnant, is there a way to build up your nutritional reserves before contraception or maybe while you're pregnant? And what does that look like? Yeah. My ideal is to work with somebody at least six months before they conceive. Mm. The reason for this is multifold. So one, you may have been in a period where I don't know who hasn't taken birth control pills at Mm. some point in their life. Right. And oftentimes it's like for 10 years. So that has probably been an issue. Most women have been on a diet at some point or restricted something that they're eating. And so we need to rebuild before Mm. we go into that period of time. And it can take months. With iron, as we just mentioned, that's not something that you take it for two weeks and then all of a sudden you're in a good place. It can take quite a bit of time to rebuild. So 
what we would do is we would take a full assessment. So if I have somebody that's like, hey, I want to get pregnant in the next year, we will run all of those labs proactively. We'll look at how she is managing her glucose levels Mm -hmm. so that we can work on that piece. So she goes into pregnancy and actually it can support morning sickness and nausea if blood sugar isn't bouncing all over the place, right? And then it will help obviously in the second part of her pregnancy with the gestational diabetes screening. We'll look at metabolism and make sure she's not at risk for that. Right now, the statistics are only 12% of the population is metabolically healthy. It's so Um, crazy. So we want to support that. Then we'll look at her thyroid because we know if thyroid isn't in an appropriate range and below the 2.5 is ideal when we are looking at trying to conceive and Mm. really maintaining that pregnancy during the first trimester. So we'll look at a full thyroid panel and oftentimes providers will push against something like the thyroid antibodies that we want to get a full picture of. But when we can get that, that's helpful. And again, including free T3, free T4 to get that full picture. Mm -hmm. We'll also want to do like a CBC, a complete metabolic panel to look at how iron is doing. Also look at if there's any kidney or other infections that we want to be treating before going into it. And then from there, we want to look at any micronutrients. So there are so many different micronutrient panels that we can run to see how aggressive we need to to build those stores. If we don't have the full six months or longer, three months is also a good amount of time because we know that that's the period of time where your egg cells are getting ready and Mm, maturing for that pregnancy. And you can play a role, same with your partner, play a role in the metabolic health of your baby and how healthy that baby is going to be for a lifetime in that three months before conceiving. So when we can, I always give the disclaimer that a lot of moms give birth to really healthy babies without focusing on all this. So don't feel like you haven't been, but for those that are considering it, it's never too early to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I've even had friends who wanted to screen for parasites and do a whole cleanup yeah. and even test for mold and didn't even yeah. realize they had mold and it was like off the charts. So things that you can even pass to your baby doing that cleanup because you can't do the detoxing while you're pregnant. It's not recommended. There's so much you can do. But yes, for people listening who weren't able to do this, like I wasn't either. And for Ella, I was essentially vegan during that pregnancy while I had her. And my friend Katie of Live Wild Be Well is like, I think you should get 120 grams of protein a day while you're pregnant. And I'm like, Katie, I literally think I got that maybe in my whole pregnancy. It's so insane. And Ella is just fine. But you know, we want to optimize as much as possible. And had I known all of these things at the time, I would have done it. But one note, you were talking about thyroid and testing. And I legitimately didn't even realize until recently that the thyroid is also important for baby's development and growth. I feel like the thyroid gets coined as like, It's either functioning and you're not fat or it's not functioning and you gain weight. And it is so much more than that. So your thyroid functioning optimally also has to do with your baby's ability to grow and develop, which is so important. Okay, so for the mamas out there listening who feel like maybe they are suffering from postnatal depletion, what's the plan here? What can people do to feel better? And I feel like we've touched on a lot of this, but what's kind of your game plan for people? 
Yeah. So I go through this in the postpartum reset program because I feel like working on it in stages and steps is Mm. more approachable than being like, okay, I need to change my relationships and I need to change my sleep and I need to change my food and I need to exercise and I need to get supplements. It can feel like a lot at once. And so what I always start with is, okay, let's assess what your foundation is. Like, Mm. let's look at the house that you built and the support that you have, because anytime you're adding on new things like, oh, I Mm. want a meal prep now, or I want to go to the gym now. Mm -hmm. You're going to need support to be able to do that consistently and not feel like your plate is even more full. Like we want to make this easy. So part of that is really getting clear on what you can delegate, what you can drop or what you can define as good enough, because there are certainly things that you're doing that you don't need to be doing, or there's certainly things that you're doing that may just you can take it down a notch on what you consider good enough, right? And be fine with that. So first we've got to unload what you're doing. The next thing that I recommend doing is working on blood sugar regulation. The Mm. reason for this is because I feel like this has made the world of difference between the moms Mm. that I work with that focus on the meal timing and the meal composition and the moms that are like just trying to even perfect everything. Mm. The first thing that I recommend doing is making sure you have enough protein in the morning. So you mentioned that like 120 grams during pregnancy. (laughs) I'm very much like a, we've got to support you with those amino acids and women are just not getting enough. Like I no. can't tell you how many people that I talk to that are having one or two eggs and like calling it good for their protein, or Stop. maybe just having a bowl of oatmeal or having a smoothie and maybe putting like a little bit of collagen in it. And that's just not going to help you feel full yes. and be able to focus and not have you snacking for the rest of the day. For sure. So, I mean, if you can do one thing, I would say, Let's look at the composition of your breakfast and aim for about 30 grams of protein. Yeah, totally. Doing that one thing will probably yeah. set you up for a much better day. For sure. So then after after kind of we work on like the different meals and focusing on one meal at a time, then we want to look at what is the composition or what are the types of foods that you're eating? Yeah. Choosing more whole and processed foods is the goal, but there are many ways to get there. It's not like you have to do a super restrictive elimination diet to get Mm -hmm. there. You can use the convenience products that are out there. And so even going to places like Costco, it's like they have so many options that are pre-made for you and just got to heat up. Mm -hmm. So figuring out within the scope of what, what you have access to and resources to how to make it easy for sure. Then of course, looking at going to get lab work done, you Mm -hmm. might need to order it yourself. You might need to work with a functional medicine provider. You might need to, beg your conventional doctor sure. and provide them with a list of ones that you mm. want. And like you said, I will pay cash if needed yeah. for this so that you can see where you're at. Because even with the most nutrient dense diet, if you are struggling with anemia or thyroid mm. issues or low B12 or zinc deficiency, you're not going to be able to feel better as quick. And yeah, we know totally. that working on those pieces getting your thyroid checked, getting your iron level is going to make everything else fall into place a lot easier. Mm. You're going to have the energy to go work out. You're not going to feel out of breath right away. You're going to have the energy to cook dinner instead Mm. of order out. So looking at that and then supplements kind of fill the gaps where we're needed. Yeah. And it's crazy. I talk a lot about what is common doesn't mean it's normal. And so I think, unfortunately, we're all 
our adrenals are all burnt out. We're all overstressed. We're all doing too much, even going into pregnancy. And especially the move towards later pregnancies. I already have my career. I've already been on birth control for 10 years. Like there's so many factors. But I think the encouragement that I'm hearing from you is that this exhaustion and this postpartum, like I feel terrible. I'm in a fog. I don't feel like myself. Mm -hmm. All of that is not normal. It doesn't have to be normal for you. And we can find ways to like really boost our energy and our metabolisms and really get to feeling great sooner than conventional wisdom would tell us. And not so that we burn ourselves out even more, but just so that you feel like a sane human being again after having a baby. Yeah, it doesn't have to feel like such a stretch goal to feel Mm. like a human after you have your baby. And I feel like, you know what I love? I love that we're talking about how hard it is because I think there's one end of the spectrum where there's a lot of fakeness around it. Like, oh, it's so beautiful and it's so wonderful. And I mean, I saw so much of that after I gave birth to my first eight years ago. And it was, I felt like a horrible mom because I'm like, I'm struggling. Yeah, But I think- Sometimes we kind of swing the pendulum all the way to the other end. And there are so many jokes about how messy mom motherhood is, how terrible it is. And like jokes about it that we can sometimes internalize a little bit too much. For sure. I mean, I guess I'm just never going to sleep again or like, I'm just going to go from coffee to wine and then coffee to wine and coffee to wine. And I'm like, guys, I I don't feel like this is okay. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. So I think it's worth looking at, okay, I'm going to give myself grace because this transition is really hard. And especially if you're in it with a newborn or if you're in it with a child that has a disability or like something where it really is a level of depletion and exhausting, like we have to give ourselves grace for that and know that some of that is going to be normal, that depletion if you're not sleeping or if you're really stressed. But I think what I'm saying is know that you don't have to just sit in that as well. Yes, but there yes, are yes. solutions and tools that aren't so out of reach that you can start climbing a little bit of a ladder to get mm. yourself out of that place. And it doesn't have to feel like that forever. And as your kids get older, I know there are moms that are like, oh, you just wait. Like you just wait for when I this happens. love but the it- stage my kids are in. <laughs> but it gets it. Yeah. And I'm with you. I feel like I absolutely love the stage that we're in too. And so mm-hmm. just having that encouragement, I needed that when I was a new mom struggling with sleep yes. deprivation, just to hear from other moms that like, it's fun. Like it gets so, fun. But see, the funny thing is Stephanie, I don't know. I had a reel recently about like, y'all, it gets better because yeah. <laughs> I don't feel like I had, I feel like all of my mom friends were in the same exact phase as yeah. I was. So I had a friend, maybe like my daughter was like 18 months and their daughter was like three. And I was like, yeah. she's huge. Like she's yeah. grown. She's figured it all out. And I didn't have friends in the phase I'm currently in. My kids are similar to your seven and 10. And so no one was out here telling me like they get independent and they can actually like, like Ella this morning was like, I'm just going to make breakfast. She'll like whip up eggs. Like she like, Mm -hmm. she's like a little chef. And so no one told me it gets easier. And I'm sure after this, it also gets like emotional and harder. Oh, I'm sure. Middle school is is a different, yeah. Exactly. But I just feel like no one told me it gets easier. And so you're sitting there like breastfeeding your baby, you're exhausted, whatever. And no one's telling you like, it's not this forever. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. also too, like what you're saying, my philosophy in life with everything is just like, 
there's an answer, right? Like if there's an answer. And so I just hope that people leave listening to this conversation feeling like, okay, like maybe there is an answer here. And we listed a lot of different variables, so it might be tricky to really pin down, but hopefully there is an answer, right? And we can get to the bottom of it. Okay, so I want you to tell us about your postpartum reset program, but is what you just told us kind of what you go through in the program or do you wanna share anything else about it? Yeah, I mean, we go through a lot of this. We go through helping you understand where your mental load is coming from and how you can offload some of it Mm. because we've got to start there. And then we get into the specifics and I give you the optimal ranges for pregnancy and postpartum so that you can, even if you're not getting that information from your doctor, understand like, okay, actually I want to be here and then work towards that goal. And then I give you a protocol with supplements to help you figure out how to get out of that depletion in a way Mm. where you're taking the best stuff, right? Yeah. And you can get out quicker. And then there's a community of, of women that are together in it, answering questions, giving you that feedback, really positive about their experience and wanting you to succeed along the journey. So there's no like cattiness. It's like a really, really great group. Yeah. And then we have experts coming in and have done recordings on topics like postpartum anxiety. We mm. have ones on body image and motherhood yeah. and how to navigate the stress of when your kids get sick as a mom. And so we cover lots of different bases. So it's a choose your own adventure of where you want to go, but the framework is there. And to your point, I just want to say like, I think the one takeaway I want to give moms is that if you are feeling like you are depleted and Mm. the answers that you're getting are, it's normal. Don't worry about it. Right. Feeling like you're getting gaslit by this whole situation. Totally. Speak up because you are your own best health advocate. You know your body as much as anyone. I was in your shoes. I had postpartum anxiety and told mm. even my closest family members and friends and professional health professionals what I was experiencing. And I went a year <gasps> of hearing that's normal before I started looking into it. And I'm like, oh no, this gosh. is not normal. But so it's like malpractice, Stephanie. That's like yeah. not okay. Oh, yeah. I'm so sorry. Yeah. So yeah, definitely speak up because your concerns matter and you mm-hmm. deserve to enjoy this magical experience. Even if it doesn't feel magical the nights that you don't sleep very well, right. but you enjoy to be able to feel your best self and to get to know your baby in a way mm-hmm. where there's not resentment and a way that feels energizing versus depleting. Mm. No, such a good message to speak up for sure. Thank you so much for this amazing conversation. Where can people learn about your reset program and connect with you further? Yeah, I'm on Instagram, kind of. I feel like I go on and off of it, but I do answer direct messages and I do try to post at Steph Grinky. My website's stephgrinky.com. I'm actually going to be starting more blogs there because I feel like that's where I want to spend my energy of like educating versus trying to create like fun reels or posts and and not getting any like traction. Yeah. And then my podcast. So we've been doing this for ever. We have on 300 episodes. Yes. What is that? Like six years, five years, six years? So I started it during that phase where I was having postpartum anxiety and mm-hmm. nobody was telling me because I wanted wow. to connect, but I literally had such debilitating anxiety that I couldn't really leave the house. And so I started wow. a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> so the first couple episodes are probably absolutely horrible and embarrassing. No. So yeah, it's actually been closer to seven and a oh half my years. Gosh, yeah. wow. That's amazing. Yep. 
Cool. Yeah. Okay, perfect. So I'll ask you the question I ask everybody. So at the end of your life, when you're looking back, what does a successful life look like to you? Yeah, I was thinking about this because you sent it. And the first thing that came to my mind, I was like, this doesn't feel like it's like the perfect answer, but it felt so true to me was mm-hmm. the present in the moment mm-hmm. that when I'm with my family and my kids, they know that I'm there and they feel my energy and they feel that they matter. And they're the most important yes. in that moment. And when I'm at work, being able to be fully in it because I love my work and to be able to be present in that moment, yeah. but then to also be present with myself and to be able to check in and ask, how am I feeling? What am mm-hmm. I doing? What, what do I need right now? And to have that stillness to be able to ask myself an answer because intuitively, I think if we give ourselves a space, we know that what we're we're feeling and our next steps, we just have to get that space. Oh my gosh. That's so good. And such a good challenge and so hard. (laughs) I feel like in this day and age, I have that goal too. And I'm like, I'll be like randomly scrolling my phone and I'm like, this doesn't matter. Or, and also too, it's like, it also, you'll see something and it triggers something. It's Uh just like, I just want to live on an island with my beautiful family and be present forever. So no, that's such a good goal. Well, thank you so much for joining us today and giving us this wealth of knowledge. Oh, it was my pleasure. Thank you so much. Steph, thank you so much for being here today. I know there are so many mamas out there who are exhausted and who need the wisdom and knowledge and advice and tips that you shared today. So thank you for being here. Listeners, Steph has so much going on. So be sure to check out her website, Instagram, the Dr. Mom podcast, all of the things in the show notes. And also, please be sure to check out her course, The Postpartum Reset. Honestly, I even think if you are within years of having a baby, planning on having a baby, this course is right for you. So be sure to check it out. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you next week.